Live from my Brooklyn vacation home, it's Stay Busy with the boy, Armand Sadler. to the the busyness because we can't stop won't stop uh-uh, uh-uh. i had to take that from diddy you feel me ladies and gentlemen welcome to another edition of stay busy with armand sadler where we have responsible discussions on the music business and the music culture and when we are fortunate which we have been a lot lately we bring in some incredible guests to share their insight talk to them share their gems their paths in, in in the music industry. And we, we got somebody real fun for y'all. But before we get into that, y'all know it's the boy, Vegan Chorizo Poppy, Multiple Miles Monday Poppy, your favorite Uber driver, your girl's favorite Uber driver, your auntie's favorite Uber driver, your grandma's favorite Uber <laughs> driver, everybody in your family's favorite Uber driver. I take them to the mall, I take them to the market, I take them to get their nails done, I take them to the spa, I, I, I do it all for them. Community service, servants of all, words alpha, alpha. I don't do this alone, my brother, is here he's out on the west coast listen. living life living large nicholas listen. how you feeling brother can't nobody tell me nothing right now. <laughs> i'm not even on front man. i'm just in here just living i'm feeling great i i'm in my natural habitat man and it feels good to be back here Love sun it. is shining on me i'm melanated and hydrated you know how it mm. goes mm-hmm. here. so uh i'm feeling good feeling good y'all thank you thank you thank you shout out yeah. to my dad my dad made this this lamp here see i'm just just the ambiance is, is it's different. Just back in the ambiance, you know what I'm saying? So it's here different. we are. And aside from all his beautiful feelings, Nick is also the executive producer and co-host of Stay Busy with our thank you, thank you. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, sometimes you gotta fill in the gaps. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know the vibes, bro. Speaking of filling in the gaps, we have a very, very special person with us. He is someone I would like to consider a Swiss army knife in in the midst of the music landscape. And let's just get get, get right into this this intro. A real mover and shaker, as per usual, in the busy verse. Got his start in entertainment PR with Medium Creative Agency under the legend Quinnell Holder and Sabrina Holder before co-founding the fast-rising platform Kazi Magazine, where he's interviewed the likes of Key Glock, Queen Nyjah, Tay Keith, 42 Doug, Doughboy, Blast, and so many more. That's not it, though. From there, he's taken on the director of PR role for the upperclassmen music group and forged his own path, starting the No Wi-Fi music group alongside our boy Malcolm, super talented writer and just overall great guy. Currently, they manage Young Shan, who is rocking these audio Mac charts. Make sure you stream better. Stream better expeditiously. <laughs> please, he's always, please, please. He's always dropping gems for artists and creators, and I'm not sure how his phone battery lasts with how often he goes viral. You truly can't put a limit on this guy. He exemplifies the stay busy way. This is my brother, someone I've been fortunate enough to work with for the last two years now uh truly been an, an inspiration to me and, and an encouragement to me and helped me to get some incredible opportunities and i'm just happy to see everything that he's doing ladies and gentlemen the infamous ahmad davis is in the busy verse 
that was wow. that was definitely top three nicest things I've heard in my life. Wow. wow. <laughs> Thanks so much. It's an honor, bro. It's a it's a pleasure to have you. Uh you've been showing so much love to me personally and the pod and uh more recently Nick and you know our guy R and just it's like it there's just no limit to to the good that that you you are spreading the good yeah. energy that you spread uh, throughout throughout Twitter, throughout music. Like, I, I don't know anyone who has anything bad to say about you, to be honest. And, you know, it, it just, it goes to show, like, when you stay authentic and you build genuine relationships, you you make stuff happen. So shout out to you, man. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, thanks. Obviously, huge fan, as my Spotify recap showed. <laughs> and I don't even know if Apple Podcasts has the recap, too, but you guys would be up there, too, uh, Definitely excited. I was kind of patiently waiting on my shot and <laughs> to get on, but it, it all makes sense. Go. I'm happy that we're doing it when we're doing it, man. Um, there you go. God's obviously, great. you guys are legends. So after you guys turn one, I'm in the building, you know, waiting a year. That's not too crazy. <laughs> but you're the first one that you, you know what I'm saying? You're the first one stepping into year two. So that, yeah. that's, I like that. I like you were that. first. You were first, bro. So yeah. look at it like that, later. You know? There you go, exactly. So we have a very, very fun show planned for you all. Uh, full interview with Ahmad. He's going to be uh, tapped to play auto-reply. And, and he's got a heater to play for y'all too. So stay locked for that. But of course, we got a shout out to all the listeners tapping back in for season two. First time listeners, returning listeners, last time listeners who are, you know, foolish. Um, whether you like Fleets or Stories, Jerry Springer or Maury, Maul or Rory, Monsters Inc. or Toy Story. Mm. What are fleets? Fleets are the new t- Twitter uh, t- Twitter stories. You don't oh. got fleets? Oh, <laughs> Twitter doing all that stuff, man. Twitter is already stories. Like I'm getting your live thoughts. What do I need? Like Facts. A that makes a lot of sense. So it's stories for me. I actually like Maury more. Me too. I like Rory more, mm-hmm. and I also like Monsters. I like, but I like Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about you, Ahmad? I think I would agree with every single one, except for Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. kind of freaked me out when I was little. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, I it was like one eye like on the green. Like, <laughs> it was, it was Mike Wazowski! Yeah, yeah, I'm a big Toy Story stand. I actually, for, for my 24th birthday, I, I went and saw it at a, at a at one of the uh, theaters or like the seats and like the, the good, what was it called? I pick, I pick, yeah, yeah. I pick, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. hard. Yeah, Toy Story. So I, you know, I, I'm, I'm real biased there, but I, I would agree. I, IG story is the best. Like it, it, it took what Snapchat story did, did it better. And then Twitter came in late to the game. Like, nah, you ain't, you ain't got the juice like that. Just stick to, right. stick to the tweets, the retweets, the likes. We don't need all that. I also like Maury better. And Maul, Maul lately has had some awful takes, so yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna go with Rory. But <laughs> Bro, it's all lately. love, all love to Maul though. <laughs> Emphasis on the lady. Yeah. On the lately, that made no sense because she, yeah. yeah. she on some weird stuff. But yeah, alas, alas. Uh, I want to shout out to everybody who showed love on our anniversary last week was easily one of the best weeks of of, of the year for me. Just really just reflecting on everything that we've been able to accomplish, everyone that we met along the way, how the podcast has grown. Um, so thank you, especially to Skip, Edgar, Regina, Frank, Yano, Taylor, and Jose for pulling up. Really appreciate y'all. Special episode. I've, I've, I've ran it back quite a few times. And usually I, I listen to the episode once and then like kind of just move on from it. But that one was just so special. Like you really got something different out of every segment. So if you haven't listened yeah. to our anniversary episode, 
strongly suggest it. Also want to plug the Stay Busy mailing list. DM us your, your, your email address so we can send you all some exclusive news. We do have new merch coming very, very soon. Some fire designs coming. So um, make sure you DM us or email us. Of course, we got to shout out our VP of everything, the man that you can't see, but you can feel. You saw him last week. You probably won't see him again for another year. <laughs> Kieran Hurley, my guy. Yeah, Kieran. Um, a late shout out to Kojo uh, for our new YouTube frame. I don't know if y'all noticed, but, you, you, but, but you're not just seeing us in squares no more. You're seeing us, the logo, you're seeing colors. In frame. In frame, baby. So shout out to Kojo <laughs> for setting us up with that beautiful visual. Of course, Anchor, our distribution platform. If you do not know, Anchor will distribute your podcast for free to all the streaming platforms. And you can get some sponsor ads regardless of your listenership. And Zoom, allowing y'all to see our beautiful, black, melanated, hydrated faces. Ahmad is over there shining. Like glistening, this man's hairline. <laughs> the 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 ring light selfie ring light pop in like he. he I was about to say there. this like thank goodness for black women showing you what because how I was Skin going care. at it mm-hmm. you wasn't gonna be happy. You good. Well, we appreciate yeah. you bringing quality visuals to the show, but let's get into the chat, fellas. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be straightforward. I did not watch the E-42 short versus. I was hoping you did, because I didn't either. I've just been, <laughs> I've been zoned out. I've been on my own thing and my own wave. I'm disconnected from my phone and everything. But yeah. I've seen a few clips, and I'm excited. I'm actually going to go back and probably watch the whole versus. Mm-hmm. So I'm um, the, the few clips that I have seen, it looked like they really brought out this. They had set design. They brought in the, mm-hmm. the Lolos with the Alpinas. You know, they had the... Yeah, everything ready to go, dog. The classics, but um, I'm I'm excited to to hear hear what they put together on for the for the Bay Area. So uh, yeah, yeah that's all. so I seen they said that that was the most expensive verses they put together, and that it was be. around like 500k in production. Wow. And I see a lot of people like complaining and saying like, why, why? And I'm like, if they're spending 500k on it, best believe they made way more than that off oh. of it. So like, why are you guys like upset? Um, watching it, the parts that I did, imagine your two favorite uncles, they got lit together and they won in spades. So they just talking crazy to everybody. Right. That's basically what it was. It was like two hours of that. It was great though. It was great. Sounds like great energy. Facts. <laughs> um, they were having I, fun. I know I personally missed it because I, I, coincidentally, Ahmad, I, I was actually doing a coat drive myself, but, uh, oh, we, wow. But we saw you did one, so you want to just tell the people like how how that went? Man, this coat drive. So my brother I went to school with named Jordan. He has a store in the school um, city I went to school in. It's Norfolk, Virginia. Well, where Pusha T is from and all that area. So he has a sneaker boutique there, and he uh, partnered up with us. He gave everybody 15% off if they brought a coat. So up to a thousand dollars. So you know you got all the Yeezys and all that. So like it's like two items basically, but you get fifteen percent off. And right. uh, we, I think, final count was like over three hundred and thirty coats wow. in one day. So that it was excellent. I was super happy. We That's had a great. couple, you know, uh-huh. local, like a local superstars kind of pulling up some real Virginia like movers and shakers showing oh, love wow. to you know my artist Young Shan. So it, it was so fire. Like I was I was excited. Got to see a lot of people from school I haven't seen in a while. and uh, But eight hours is a long time, man. Standing. <laughs> I haven't done that in a long time, bro. That that was, yeah. Retail workers this holidays, my heart goes out to Bless you. Them, right? That was tough for one day. So I don't know how they're doing. 
Not also, you make a good point. I, th- this is just an aside, but I, I just really need to get this off my chest. You know, I've been seeing a lot of people on social media complaining about USPS and UPS taking a while with their packages. Now, I, I would just like to say, you all should be very patient. I worked a very, very struggle shift at UPS at four in the morning the other day. And if, if, y'all, if y'all saw the, the amount of boxes that are coming in and just how crazy it is, you would understand well, why there are delays. So just be a little patient with COVID, with wow. the holiday season. And people are ordering stuff more because they don't, they can't be physically in people's presence. So things are backed up. So just be, be a little patient with us. We're, we're, we're doing our best. And I'm, I'm personally a little hurt by, by, y'all being, <laughs> by y'all being so mean. I'm just out here trying to make some holiday money. And, and I, I see people slandering my job on Twitter. Like, yo, come on, man. Anywho. Um, that was loyal of you. Yeah, oh, that, was. <laughs> that was very loyal of you. Okay. Like, they're paying me, so I'm, 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 I'm going to stand up for them. I see. Um, but um, that said, let's get into some new music. Uh, I know I was personally very, very excited about this release. Uh, Division dropped a new single, Blessings. Um, very, very, just, you know, they they do a really good job sampling music. Now, this one in particular was very uh, uh, conflicting for me because they sampled a gospel song. And then they turned it into a sex song, talking about she, she going to be screaming, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And just, it, it, like, if if my mom, who, who was my Sunday school teacher when I was young, heard that song, she would be very, very disappointed. And I'm, I'm sure Nick's family <laughs> would feel the exact same way. Now, when, when you get into the concept and the writing of it, it's like, oh, you know, this makes sense. And, like, you know, fortunately, they talk about get, get, get getting married. So, you know, they're, they're, not, they're not advocating for, for premarital sex. So it's like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's kind of wholesome, but it's pretty evil as well. Very, very wild. Um, I really enjoyed the track, though. Um, and they announced that they have another album coming soon. Uh, and, and it plays off, off of the original name of, of the album they just released. Um, it's instead of a muse in her feelings, it's called amusing her feelings. So it's it's very interesting how how they're you know taken into into a different direction. I'm interested to hear what, what they do. Um, will will they take the same songs and do new fe- new features, kind of like Saint John did? Will they come with completely new stuff? Um, I don't know, but I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I know how I feel about Division, and uh, yeah, that's that, that's that's the best R&B act of the last five years. I'm not hearing anything else. Oh, the not- last five is so ambitious. The last five, no. I would say, who's better? A lot of people. Who? You, you name them. <laughs> Come on. You want me to? That was nuts, Armand. I'm not gonna lie. That Who's better? The the best R&B act of the last five years. Who Who has put out three better albums than September 5th, Morning After, and uh, and uh, Amusing Her Feelings? Okay. Well, the Leanne Lahava's project was better than most of mine was better than Amusing Her Feelings. I'm not going to comment because I haven't really fully gotten into that. So. Precisely. That's what I'm saying. You're talking about, this is, we're only talking about one type of how, how many? But how many projects has she put out in, in, in the last five they years? They don't, quality, you, now, I know you did not just put the quantity over, you know quality. Well, hold on, hold on. No, no, but but I'm, I'm talking quality and quantity because p- p- people say September 5th and morning after are classics. Like classics, no features. So that's two classics in two years because that, that was 2016 and 2017. And then you got uh, uh, Amusing Her Feelings, which, you know, it, it released months ago, so I'm not going to call it a classic yet, but it's very, very good. Okay. I, you know, I like to come out the gate with facts, so I'm, I'm going to object uh, officially. <laughs> I'm going to 
object officially, but I'm going to do my my research first, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to come back to you with that. So let's write this down, Kieran. Note this for a take that we are going to address address further, um, because that's just it sounds outlandish. <laughs> it just sounds crazy in my head. So yeah, uh, it's that's... not that crazy when when you really think about it. But anyway. Let's get into something else that I feel is a little crazy. Um, and I, I don't want to offend anybody. Let, 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 let me just preface this. Janae Aiko, I love you. You're very, very talented. Now, the, the, there were people tweeting over the weekend how they are they're very happy with, you know, Chilombo being nominated for Grammy Album of the Year. And they're like, oh, that, that album was amazing, blah, blah. Billboard named it their R&B Album of the Year, like the number one R&B album on their list. So I was thinking about it, I was like, I remember listening and liking it, but I didn't love it and I haven't really revisited it. So I was like, let me be the responsible listener that I am and revisit it. So on my drive to the city yesterday, I put it on and you know, it starts off with the Lotus intro, Trigger, None of Your Concern, a bunch of singles I liked. You got Pussy Fairy, you got BS, like, you know, it's some really good songs. I got like to the middle of it and I turned it off. I was like, this, this is really not doing it for me. Like, this is not better. This is not better than Take Time, Give On. This is not better than amusing or feeling this is not better than brandy's album this is not better than even party's album i'm, I'm, I'm not putting chilombo above party's album so i'm just i'm 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 very interested in what the committee saw there that made them skip r&b or progressive r&b and put her in the general album of the year category like she she, she ain't gonna win it and again i i like janae a lot janae is super talented so i, I don't want to disrespect or offend anybody uh Ahmad how, how do you feel about it personally I I like it man I'm not gonna lie I okay. like it show your work show your work why you like it so the bag that she's in is like her lane so it's like even when she got features like that feature from her I haven't heard her in that type of bag, except for when she came to Janae's world. You know, I mean, her and Todd Alisson always make like great albums. I mean, great album cuts together. So that's cheating, it's Todd Alisson. But just when you listen to it, I didn't have any skips. I like it, but I like the whisper fluff. You know what I'm saying? Struggles. I like the whisper fluff. But the deluxe is that's I can I got if I play it straight through in the deluxe I can get a skip or two in there. But the regular ones when it came did, out, did she reorder cool the deluxe? Off, she didn't. I'm cool. I'm cool off hearing Big Sean get into his what he does with her bag though. Like I'm cool. <laughs> off that. Like y'all could have kept that one to the side. But I get what he's doing, so it makes sense. But I like it. Do I think it could have? just been in the R&B category and not an album of the year? Yes. But I know Nick doesn't like this, but I would say you put Little Baby there in the album of the year if you weren't going to put him in the rap category. No, I wouldn't be mad at that. I wouldn't just be mad from, at from the numbers so you, that he's done. From the numbers that he's okay. done, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah. So you're taking Janae out of the album of the year and you're putting my turn there. Yeah. Oh, that wouldn't be my personal choice, but if that was the way it was, I wouldn't would be, be shocked. You wouldn't be that, my okay. I would that, be shocked. That would be my personal choice because the R&B category, the best albums R&B category would have looked better because there would have been the presence of a woman with with Janae's album there. Like mm -hmm. I don't think this did impact to to like bro, come 
this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy. The only thing, the only thing worse than the Grammys uh, consideration list this year, well, not consideration, nomination list this year was B Dot's list. Honestly. Oh man. <laughs> that was I'm, the only I'm, thing that got worse. I'm glad we didn't have that written down because that would have just honestly just infuriated me. And I'm I'm trying to be in good spirits with with you here, but that that yeah, list was that. horrendous. Like like B Dot is someone who I really look up to, and that list was the most out of touch thing I've ever read in my life. Like just like yeah. it, like like you could have just said these are my favorite rappers this year and just stopped there. But to say they were the best rappers, come on, man. Like yeah. It was nasty. I was in a clubhouse room and he was trying to explain his thought process behind it, and it only made it worse. Like, it only made it worse with what he was talking about. So, yeah, no respect to that. The Grammys, they're going to Grammy, so I, I can't get upset with that. But B-Dot is someone who I would assume has a certain amount of pulse, you know, uh, like an idea of the pulse on the culture, and it just sounds like he just Scrolled through his iTunes library and then found the first ten names and wrote them down, which is nasty. He he also had Big Sean on his top ten rap albums list. I just D- yeah. D- Detroit Two was not like that, that. That's not top thirty for me this year. Like I could easily like I, I can name thirty rap albums. Oh uh, rap, okay. Uh, rap. You say rap? Thirty is also say, steep. We say rap. All right, maybe not thirty, but like. 15 to 20 albums that I could name before Big Sean's album. And the Detroit 2 was cool. Like, I, I listened, I like, I, I haven't gone back to it since the week it released, but, it, you know, it's like, to put that in a top 10 list, like. Yeah, it's off name. It's off name. There's, there's, I don't know. It's not that he doesn't rap well. It's like, I don't know. Maybe I had to see it live or something. You know, he was slated to be one of the headliners at Coachella this year. So maybe that would have changed it, but yeah, it's not much replay value on there for me either. Except for the song with Nipsey in the Detroit, uh, like the freestyle, the cipher, the Friday Night Cipher, that's yeah. awesome that he was able to put all those people together. And uh, but those records with Janae, he might as well have just made a 2088 album. I have, a qu- I have a question for you, Ahmad. How do you think that we're gauging impact nowadays? Like so far as you know, not being you talk about like Big Sean's album not hitting maybe as hard as it could have if he would have been able to uh, headline Coachella. Like, how do you feel about, because I feel like you, know, you think about like Meg or you think about other people who are, who are quick viral artists. I think that's where you can measure some sort of impact of how the album is hitting, what the streams are doing and sort of a correlation. But for mm-hmm. rappers and artists that aren't as, you know, quote unquote viral or don't have such big personalities that really sell themselves. How do you feel that we are measuring impact nowadays? I would think it's not as far as how impactful you are, because I feel like everybody has an impact on the release date, your A-list artist, at least, but how long the impact lasts, like how long the conversation lasts is how I would measure it. We've been talking about Meg all year. We've been talking about Lil Baby all year. We've been talking about Uzi all year, Roddy Rich all year, Jack Harlow all year. Big Sean, we talked about him around his release, like heading up to it. But it was like once the album dropped, it kind of went away. It's unfortunate. He's picking up a bit more steam recently with the video they just did with Janae. That was awesome. Like when they remade like all the '90s movies together, that was hard. But outside of that, the it dropped off. Little Wayne was like very, like you know, with his impact. Like the No Ceilings came out, and it was like, all right, it's cool. 
And I mean, if I could get a Drake feature with like a classic verse, like of course, like we're gonna talk about it. This yeah. is what it is. So, but you, artists, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. Finish your point. No, finish your I, point. Yeah. I was just gonna say, yeah, it's just it's hard because you can't. We don't know what it's gonna look like with people being on the road and like sold out shows and things like that for maybe a whole another year. We probably won't see that. So now it's like, how long is your song in that top five? on Spotify rap caviar. That's yeah. how we measure it now. So if that week you're the cover artist and then next week it goes back to the baby, like <laughs> you know, it's like okay. Well, that that means people aren't really on it. Yeah. It's kind of interesting because you know you think about like, is that the marketing team's fault that artists aren't getting at the conversations that's not pushed outside of just the initial promo push? Like is it that their own fault for not pushing it? Like, sort of what is it? But obviously there's, like I said, there's certain personalities that are just more friendly for resharing, viral moments, all those sort of things like that. And so I think that in a lot of ways now, it, it kind of used to be, I feel like it used to be that once you've established yourself, you can kind of put out stuff and people go and check it out regardless off the strength. And I do think Sean has made reached that level, right? Where people go and check it out off the strength of what he's done prior. However, I feel like now it's sort of more of an effort to you gotta be so there's so much noise, you gotta stick around a little longer than you would typically so far as pushing promo, whatever, just to stay relevant and make sure your album gets the play it's supposed to get. Because you release, typically you do some late night shows and then you go tour. And that's not the case anymore. So it's just like, I'm wondering if artists who are even established artists are thinking about these sort of things. Um, and I know Sean has had some things in his life where he's like, kind of, you know, music has kind of been like, you know, a priority, but not the. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting to think about, but I don't want to sidetrack too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, to close the chat, um, we have Ahmad, king of hot takes. So, <laughs> but this is one that I agree with. He tweeted that Wale would defeat Meek Mill in a versus battle. And I agree. But Ahmad, I, I want you to speak more to it. Yes, please. So curious. when I said that, people were making it seem like if I was Jimmy Iveen and I had to give Meek Mill a contract or Wale a contract, I would sign Meek Mill. But if I'm just talking 20 songs that are better than another person's 20 best songs I have to choose Wale because Meek Mill has endless hits but 10 of the 13 sound like a different version of the other one Mm. Wale has variety you know what I'm saying so I feel like I can if who can go Lotus Flower Bomb and then 600 bins Mm -hmm. you know who can go of the body and then like MIA, you know, on chill. Like he's went toe to toe with Ross on records. He's went toe to toe with Meek on records. And then he's also, he has like four platinum songs with Jeremiah. He has like two or three with Miguel. Like then he has a song with Rihanna. Meek will never get a Rihanna. I, I hope it for him, but it's like I'm saying, those come so rarely. Like, those but ain't that were, because of like their personal relationship, though? I mean, 
I'm just saying, like. Well, yeah, yeah. And I'm just saying, like, you're saying, dogs, like you're saying that, like, he could get, like, he 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 won't get it because he's not good enough. It's no, it's because of there's some politics involved. But like, I, I get you, and I'm I actually am agreeing with as you say that. I definitely think that um, Wale has the smooth stuff covered. Like, he has more, you know, records you can play in sort of any sort of uh, vibe, especially a more chill vibe. Like, Yamik is, you know, you ready to bash your head, bash somebody's head in <laughs> when you hear dreams and nightmares come on. Um, so yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, give me, give me a quick seven. Let's go a quick versus seven, real quick, off the top. All right. So, so you're meek. Meek, right? Yeah, I'm. Yeah, you're meek. meek. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm gonna just kick it off with I'm a boss. You're starting off. I'm a boss. Then that's a big record. I'm coming bad. I, I got Rihanna. Like I'm coming bad. And that's and, and then and the, I think that's right. It, it, yeah, this versus would be especially tough because, like you said, Wale's got so much musical range. Like he, he's giving out features to artists that like, like he, he's got tracks with they. He's got tracks with um, uh, Xavier Omar. He's got tracks with like he, he he can hit you in so many different directions. And like Meek has a couple of them love R and B rap type songs, but like. To twenty four seven with you know boot up girl is not beating <laughs> on chill. It's not beating uh, Lotus Flower Bomb. It's not beating the matrimony with Usher. Like bro, like while it like need uh, to know with SZA. Like, I'm saying like Meek is clearly the bigger artist. He's gotten bigger features. Drake, Hove. Um, I, he's definitely got more Ross tracks than than Wale has. But I think this would be another one where people would automatically predict someone's gonna win, and then Wale would come in like you know. Uh, Jonte Austin did, or come in like um, who was another underdog uh, who surprised people. Um, I'm thinking, I don't know, but point is, yes, was was more DMX. I feel like the people, DMX who, was underdog. people yeah. who didn't really know about DMX catalog like that outside of the big yeah. ones, like I think we're shocked to be like, oh, wait, DMX got that, and he got that, and he got that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it's definitely a situation where people are going to be like, oh, yeah, Wale is like, like that. He's nice. Yeah. Um, Does Meek have a bigger record than No Hands? Uh, maybe Going Bad. Isn't that, I'm about to say, isn't that bigger? Go, going Bad. You think Going, going bad? bad is bigger than No Hands? What do you mean bigger? Numbers-wise, impact? What? Both. <laughs> I guess numbers is probably I'm just numbers. Yeah, there's no way didn't more numbers. It's yeah, like, I'm, I'm I'm talking strictly like like culturally. N- no hands is it like there, there, there's no yeah. debate. There. Listen to the track. Like, I have a Pavlovian yeah. response to that song. Immediate, But Pavlovian response to that song. But I, I think if we're talking more recently in the streaming era, like going bad went crazy, especially when they did the video. Yeah, sure. I'm, I, I don't remember if it went number one. It, it was close. It was definitely close. If but, not, um, it was definitely close. Yeah. But yeah, I, th- I think people, and this is a conversation we have so often, I'm glad people are giving Wale his flowers more often because Wale is very, very, very slept on, very underappreciated. Well, he's he, he's a top top 10 pen all time in rap. I'll, I'll say it. We're, we're rap and R&B. He's pouting though. Huh? Why'd you? Wale. Be <laughs> I'm in the West Coast state of mind right now. Wale, I said Wale be pouting though. He be pouting that people don't give him his flowers, and I feel like I get it. Yeah, you you want to be in that conversation, and I think he is. He's in the top ten conversation of like most, I would say, influential best rappers of this era of like the twenty tens. 
on, maybe even say like 08 to now, I'd say he has to be in that conversation. But like, I feel like his approach to me is just like, he's always like, why don't y'all, why don't y'all say that? Like, why don't y'all, you know, include me? Um, but it, it, it's just so interesting. So I think it's with your peers too. Like the O3 yeah. NBA draft, you had LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, Melo. Melo, any other draft would be the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Wale came in with Cole, came in with Sean, came in with Kendrick. Too many goers. Like, look at your peers. You That's know, too like, many goers. You're yeah. just, you can't, everybody can't be number one. Like, so I, I, I think that's what Wale suffers from because he knows he's just as talented as those people, but it's it's just like it's hard to compare. You know, yeah. all three of those people are way more marketable than him, and, and that's just the sad part. And I think people also react a bit negatively to when you are asking for for your flowers yourself. Like if Nick, exactly. if Nick was like, "Yo, give Armand his flowers," that's a lot different than me being like, "Yo, give me the credit. I deserve a Grammy. I deserve this." Exactly. Um, and you know, it kind of sucks that people take you claiming something that you probably deserve in in a negative way. But I, I agree, the way Wale goes about it, it, it does sometimes feel a bit entitled, pouty. He's pouting. Yeah, but but <laughs> I do feel him. It's just at the end of the day, your your delivery of things uh, affects how people receive it and how people respond to it. Uh, just to bring some facts to this discussion before we move on to uh, the half and half. Uh, Going Bad peaked at number six on Billboard and was on the charts for 37 weeks. No Hands peaked at number 13 on Billboard and was on the charts for 32 weeks. So if we're taking, if we're talking commercially, Going Bad was a bigger record, but culturally there's just no debating. Like you hear Going Bad come on, you you get excited. No Hands comes on, you you have an outer body experience. Like, Period. It's, it's just, Listen to the track, B. Yeah. Like, <laughs> ready. <laughs> I think... You said that was 2013, right? Uh, no hands. No hands. Yeah, no hands. Nah, that, no, that, that was earlier. That was early. That was like 09, 2010. Yeah, that was yeah. 09. I was definitely in high school. I just know it was turned. That's all <laughs> I know. I just remember I was turned. Whatever I said, I was like, yeah. Nah, the, the wildest thing for me was because like I knew it early in high school. And then when, when you know I went to college and joined Alpha, like it became such a big part of my life again. Because we like as soon as that joint comes on, we hitting that at every party. We hitting it at different events. We hitting it at a yard show. If, if wherever we hear it, we're hitting that stroll. So it's, it just became a much bigger part of my life. Yeah, uh, I think it was August 2010. Yeah, August 2010. Yeah, got you. That makes sense. Yeah, damn, I was like a sophomore. Why was I so lit to that? Like, I don't you know, know, but it was, <laughs> yeah, it was tight. It was definitely, it was definitely tight. Um, so all this, all this music discussion, all this excitement, all this, all these people disagreeing with me that Division was the best R and B act the last five years. I know y'all parched. I know Nick is. Oh sipping, my god! I know, I know Nick is sipping on something straight from the vineyard in, in his backyard. So what's right. your brother? You know, it's funny. I actually didn't done bodied most of the drink here, but I had me some uh, green tea lemonade that was mm. really, really uh, fire. Fantastic. It you made it yourself, or, or, or you got it from a brand? No, no, no. This is the. This is a shout out to courtesy of Trader Joe's. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, Oh, okay. But earlier, I did make me a little smoothie, you know, fruit smoothie to start today. We, you know, I had no solids yet. We had a little bit of mixed berries, blackberries, raspberries, blueberries, 
had some lime in there, had some spinach, had some coconut water, give it a nice little a banana in there, a nice little blend. And we drink that, bro. Life. That's you don't just hydrate you, you know, you gotta give your skin the hydration it needs. So serve it them that good, good, good food. But anyways, coming out of uh Billboard magazine is our half and half. This is Spotify closing up to songwriters with new hub. It's a new hub. So I don't know if anyone has seen it, but on Spotify now they have this sort of written by a series of playlists, which is basically showcasing and highlighting songwriters, which is why I thought this would be interesting for us to share because we're always about showcasing and highlighting people who are behind the scenes making stuff happening. And that's something that we speak about a lot is the writing of the song because you have to talk about it. Anybody can just get up there and melodize, but what's the song talking about? What's the pen hitting on? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, so Spotify has launched this new songwriter sub and there's app and the web designer that is designed to promote and highlight the creators, of course, of some of the world's biggest hits. Uh, so what they do is they'll sort of feature a play, uh, a, uh, a writer, a songwriter that's featured people like Greg Wattenberg, Ant Clemens, uh, Nudie Bell, Sia, BB Rexa, Urban Berlin, uh, Nisha, Missy Elliott, so on and so forth. A bunch of huge songwriters who've made, written a lot of the hits. And I think it was important for them to do this, obviously, because they need to dive deep, deep, dive, dive deeper. <laughs> I was about to say deep diaper. <laughs> <laughs> they need to dive deeper into explaining to you know the general public kind of sort of bringing them along especially people who are spotify users i feel like are a little more in tune to playlists and want to be sort of you know i say like consumers of, of curation i think it's big to put on their mental and on their radar of like how these songs are coming together i think it's really important obviously because spotify has been in this sort of two-year legal battle uh with the songwriters and publishers over an increase in royalty rates set by the uh, copyright royalty board which also known as the crb which is really really interesting because they're also working with publishers and distributors to increase the number of songs with the songwriting credits because oftentimes it's it's kind of like buried within spotify you can find it but it needs to be more clear and upfront for information yeah. for for crediting for all sorts of different processes because songwriters deserve to get paid, man. I'll be I'll be honest with you, a lot of you I don't know, but a lot of your favorite artists, even artists like Beyonce, even artists like huge artists, heavily rely upon songwriters because they're the ones that can put words to the to the melodies. They're the ones who can sit in there and give you that they're craftsmen. They're they're really like Producers are important, but people don't understand how important songwriters, especially are for singers. Like, you know, rappers, most rappers write their own. We're not going to get into that. Most rappers write their own stuff. But singers, most singers don't just sing alone, don't write and and produce and do all the things alone. It's pretty rare that you find that. So I think that it's time that the general public is, gets more aware of what the role of songwriters are. And so I think this is a great opportunity for uh for the general public to start to see like how ooh, who who wrote some of my biggest favorite songs that are in my playlist that I'd be running up. Yeah. Um, so it's just a good thing to sort of put songwriters in the front the way, same way producers are kind of now in the front and people know of a Metro Boomin, people know of a Jetson, people know of these producers and they ring a bell the same way an artist would, but you say, oh, that's their producing. Same way you should be able to recognize a write, the writing. Obviously myself and Armand, we know, I can listen to, oh, I know it's just, Victoria and Monet had a hand in this one. I can hear it. <laughs> or I know this is a, you know, Fonteroy. Listen to the poetry on it. It had to be. You know, I could, oh, Stacey Barth. I'm knowing she was on that one. You know, you start to get familiar with songwriters and start to hear how the sound comes together. And I think it often creates a better listening experience when you're so, when you're 
even if you don't want to get into the weeds like the way we are, I think just even knowing those sort of things, it can help in aiding your listening experience. So uh, it's, it's very important, I think, that the DSPs, digital streaming platforms, Spotify, Apple Music, Tidal, so on and so forth, really do start to showcase uh, people. And I think I know after that, engineers are definitely next. So. Yeah, and sure. this is really dope on Spotify because Tidal, you know, I, I started using Tidal in 2018 and I, I remember being amazed at how elaborate their credits were. Like they tell you mixing engineer, vocal this, assistant engineer, person who was just in the room eating donuts. Like they tell you everything. And Spotify, like you, you have to scroll, like when you click the little three dots on the song, you got to scroll all the way to the bottom to get to the song credits. And you only see performed by, written by, produced by. Exactly. Then, like who, who the label is. And it's like, well, I mean, it's, it's cool. That's a good start, but let's, let's take it a step further. Let's credit the engineers. Let's credit the person who, who played bass. Like I would love to see uh, Karim's name on, on, uh, Facts. on Summer Spotify. Walker, Summer, all the uh, YBA Corday. All the you know what I'm saying? So, so also, this, this is a good start. It's also a good point to bring out that I just realized is that like, where are we getting liner notes anymore from? Mm. You know what I'm saying? People aren't buying physical copies. So where are you getting your liner notes? And I think that this is this is a great way for DSPs to step into that. Um, because like I said, we're we're I have to go do my own research to figure out who, you know, wrote on it, who played on it. The liner notes aren't just readily available because I'm not buying the physical thing so I can just read it. Um, and the way that artists are releasing it, where this streaming doesn't, you know what I'm saying, it doesn't lend to that. So I think that that's really important to help the entire industry get the credit because when you, like Jeff said in our episode with Jeff, Jeff Jackson, episode three of this season, he said, the more you, when you say our name, basically, that's making sure that we eat. That's making mm-hmm. sure that we work. Yeah. So it's really important. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I digress. Yeah, can you imagine if like, <clears throat> all right, I just listened to, you know, Selena Gomez's new song, which I won't. But if I did, <laughs> and I clicked on "Written by," and like I could click on the name, and then it went to the person's Instagram, or like I could click on the engineer, like I'm like, "Yo, who's mixing?" Like this is that sound I'm going for. Click on it, go to the Instagram or their Twitter. Like that would offer up so many opportunities, and the artist doesn't have to do anything. They can wipe their hands clean with the responsibility of that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. Spotify is able to provide those information, even if it's you click on it and it goes to their artist profile on Spotify and things like that. But I mean, I'm happy that they're coming through with it. I know Apple has like behind the boards, which they have with some songwriters, but mainly yeah. it's producers, and it's, it's, producers. it's cool to see. But it's you gotta it's definitely there's more people in the room than the person that made the beat and the person that's singing on it for sure and that needs to be known and most time the people who made the beat wasn't in the room okay (laughs) (laughs) sent a quick email to texted you an audio file and then you brought it to your you find out the night you find out the night before or the day of that your beat got selected you know what i'm saying so like give the songwriter some love in there putting together words and stanzas and lines and hooks and this and that and the third. So and, and they're to... really in the trenches too. Like songwriters really be like, they're, they're songwriter camps, songwriter workshops, like, and these people are doing it for other people. Like it's, it's, it's such a selfless act and it shows how much you love music that you care more about creating a great sound for someone else than being selfish and doing it for yourself. So the least we can do is give these people, like if there's anyone who deserves to say, yo, give me my flowers. It's, it's, it's the songwriters. Like they're the, sure. like if, if if you if you getting angry at a song like uh, Naja for example I love how how outward she is about everything she does like like every time she she drops something uh, or something drops that she wrote on she lets you know like she'll post 
what's the cover art? Oh, track six, track three, track seven. That's me. I, I love that. Dude, I love it's funny. I actually right. found out it's pronounced Nisha. Nisha. Okay, I'm sorry. Nisha. Nisha. Yeah, I, I looked at I, I had to look into it. It's pronounced it, and it makes sense because her social media name is Amnesia. Yeah. Mm. Uh, mm. Nisha Charles is who we're speaking of, y'all. Third eye. Not Queen. Yeah, she's, she's speaking of she's yeah. fine. Asia, yeah, yeah. She, she wrote for Chris Brown. She wrote for Beyonce on on the Lion King, the Gift. She's wrote on a lot, a lot of types of people. Meek Mill, like she should be doing her thing. But uh, that was also a good half and half, brother. Very good yeah. cup. Um, let's jump into our employee of the month. We are so blessed to have her uh, two weeks ago, Janae Brown, the Beyonce of marketing. Clap it up for her. Clap it up for her. What a great name, right? That's a great nickname. Beyonce of marketing, period. And, and when when you hear her story, as you can hear in in episode thirteen um it makes sense like she's she's really built from, from the ground up she's mastered a lot of different aspects of of the industry and taken it to build her own thing and create her own table and that's why we named the episode creating your table it just makes sense so shout out to janae uh, make sure you check out the episode if y'all haven't already um but let's get into the good stuff it's time for the slide deck frank take us away That song wasn't the single, but you weren't either. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we, we, we are blessed to have our guest here. So we're going to let him kick it off first. I I, I had a feeling he was going to play this, but t- t- tell us what you're playing, brother. Let's just get, run them streams up. So at, at the moment, there is only one song that I am personally invested in and <laughs> that I receive money from. So if you want my kids to go to college one day that I haven't had yet, (laughs) but no, um, I mean, bias aside, it is an amazing song. Um, I don't know any artist whose first song was produced by a platinum producer, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, shout out my boy, Westside Kari. Um, Young Shan, better, amazing song. And like we all just talked about, on our credits, as you can see, I definitely made sure we credited our guy, Full Boy Marley, because he helped pin the record, and we knew how important that was. So the first, you know, release under No Wi-Fi Music Group, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Take me back to the things that we had Make me forget about the things that went bad You got me built up in emotions Don't know where we going Hope it's not too late for you to see Life would be much better if you love me the way I love you Life would be much better if you fuck me the way I fucked you Life would be much better if I can call you Question. 
to it her vocals real dope the the, the hook is catchy yeah, does she cite janae as an influence definitely cites janae as an influence her kaylani and uh she really enjoys bryson also bryson yeah yeah that's where you can get the kind of hip-hop-ish bounce with it because yeah. that's kind of elements that bryson puts in a lot of his music it's interesting for me to hear now it's like nowadays you know, the people that um are coming up you know, and releasing new music is that like the people who are out now are, are major influences, like the Bryson's, like the Kaylons, mm-hmm. the, the Janae's. And, and it's I like, know, oh, is that your influence? They just came out, but no, 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 real thing. no. I, I, I totally know because she's a little younger, right? Yeah, she's twenty-three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, at the same time too, like I, I, I understand why uh, these people are, you know, like inspiring people because Janae created a sound Janae created a, a sound if you you know you have to acknowledge that for which for what it is um and obviously her inspirations you can hear the Sade you can hear the sort of things within her inspirations but I just love to see how it's, it's, it's it changes over time um I love the production on that that, that, that song appreciate it yeah West Side Kari on the beat I got full boy Marley up down on the pin like Shan yeah. For her first record, I think she she did a good job. So I'm, I'm excited about that one. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We look forward to hearing more from her. Uh, Nick, <laughs> Nick, what'd you bring for the for the slide deck, brother? I see what pocket you're trying to get in now. You're trying to make yourself go last, but also. <laughs> I'm like, no, no. I always let you go first. <laughs> not only are you trying to go last but to, for a recency bias, but not too. I see the pocket you're in. I'm looking at the dock, and I see where, I see how you leaned over to my side. When people, say, when people want to say, "Oh, Nick is killing the slides," blah, 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 when it wasn't a competition because I wasn't even about it. I playing the stuff I like. My mom want to know. Go ahead and play. So I've heard this song that I'm gonna play. Mm-hmm. But anyway, <laughs> yo, I, yo, don't be don't be burying my song. Leaning into your song. We ain't even playing my yet. Focus on yourself, King. <laughs> I just gotta state the facts. Niggas would have tried me, but anyways, um, uh, I actually kind of staying towards the songwriter theme. Um, I wanted to do a songwriter that I really well love. No, she is uh, going to soon. Mommy to be. This is Victoria Monet. This is off of her one of her first EPs. Super amazing project, produced by one of my favorite producers, D Mile. He's behind Lucky Day. He's produced for her, you know, for a bunch of different people. This is all you need for your Monday morning needs.
Dang. I wanted to go into the second verse a little bit, but you know. I'm going to take my wins where I take them. But, um, um, She's hard. She's I'm going to just say, that, baby, I catch the words as they drip from your lips just to swim in the fountain of you. Stop that. Stop it. Can you imagine your, if a woman told you that? Yeah, that's that's crazy. Get your pens up. But that's why I really love her. You know, a lot of people who are, if you're not familiar, Victoria Monet is an amazing songwriter who's written for the likes of Brandy. Most notably, she works with uh, Ariana Grande, or Grandy, as it's said. Uh, and so... <laughs> <laughs> Classic <laughs> episode. She kind of catches a little bit of flack uh, sometimes from some like people I've heard on like Clubhouse and just, just other conversations about R&B songwriters and how like she gives away her best songs, which I don't think she gives away her best songs I hate at that. all. But I do yeah. think... She, because when you're in a pocket for a mega superstar, you're going to write mega superstar songs. And you're writing the songs that probably you wouldn't necessarily want as an artist. Because I think that's the coolest thing about being a songwriter, I think, is that you can be wear those hats. Like, if you have a song and you're like, dang, I could write this song, but I wouldn't sing it for my own artistry. You can do that with somebody else. And I think that that's what she does. I think a lot of the songs that she writes for Ariana Grande, I don't think would necessarily fit her vibe. Because I feel like she's more sexy, more grown, more like, more sophisticated to me. In my personal opinion, I think that the songs that she delivers, as you heard on that project, I mean, on that that track that we just played, it has a certain delivery that I don't think Ariana Grande could do. So I think that the, the discussion around songwriters giving away their best songs, I think, got to go away because they, they're giving a song for the artist. They focus on what the artist is going to do. And obviously, like for myself, when I'm now writing for other people, some of the songs, I'm like, I have this heater that I would never do, you know? And you just got to acknowledge that. But anyways, Armand, what you got? I brought something I've really, really come to enjoy as of late. Um, this is Pretty by Coltrane featuring Mahalia. This is produced by Jay Moon. How can I go through this silence? Need you to say that you're mine Just don't make the same mistakes I did I know I said all the time But you're so goddamn pretty Pretty, 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 baby yeah, it's so goddamn pretty, 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 baby. Pretty with a little dash of ugly. Yeah, that's what makes you beautiful. I didn't ask for nobody to love me. You told me I said that before. But you look so good, I took interest You made me feel like a princess And I know I said all the time But you're so goddamn pretty Pretty, 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 baby Yeah, you're so goddamn pretty joint. Coltrane's a super tough artist. Super yeah. tough artist. I've heard that song before, but he's, uh, yeah, he's amazing. Super yeah. amazing artist. Mahalia's, 
People, I'm ready for her to really like blow the doors off her. Yeah, she's got a breakout coming soon. I feel. Yeah, I, I just I just feel it. She's been on a lot of dope records this year, last year. Strong UK, UK don't. I'm, I'll always say this. I will stand on this hill forever. The UK artists don't skip steps. Nope, they don't skip steps. They learn how to sing. They learn how to write. They learn about melody. They learn that stuff, and then they come over here and and just go off. Just and body just, everything, and, and they go off and they have long careers because they they know the craft. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm really I'm really happy for them. Um, for for that that song. Um, side note, I found out Ahmad that my cousin went to high school with Shan, young Shan. That's hard for real. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, so we so got to we'll talk about. He he went to uh yeah he his family that lives there. Yeah 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 yeah. Okay. Dope dope. Yeah. Small world, small world. Very small world. We're all connected <laughs> by something for sure. We had three heaters for y'all. Yeah, I know you can find the Stay Busy Slide Deck playlist on all platforms. Hit the link tree in our IG and Twitter bio. If you want a slide added, you know, hit us at Stay Busy Pod on IG and Twitter or email us at staybusypod at gmail.com. Fellas, Nick, Ahmad, are y'all ready for the board meeting? Been ready. I know Ahmad been ready for a year. <laughs> <laughs> Timing is everything. But before we get into his full interview, you know, we got to warm him up a little bit and get into some auto-reply. This man be sending a lot of emails, so I know he got the fire auto-reply set up for when he's, you know, on his vacations. This man be out. He be out. He be outside. You go on one vacation. <laughs> no. Well, you go on one vacation and go viral with your exactly. lady Thank on you. all of the travel Thank pages. You. Thank my you. brother looking hydrated and melanated man yeah. listen that was that was that that was the beautiful exhibition of black love shout out to y'all um but auto reply so we're we gonna say a word you tell us the first thing that comes to mind Nick, okay let's let's, let's, uh, let's get them started the word is mastery mastery makes me think of honestly the songwriters like in mastery that like yeah because that's so much more important than I really, I've come to learn this year working with UCMG. Songwriters are behind so much stuff. And I still have extreme amount of respect for a lot of my favorite artists. But now really knowing how little sometimes they contribute to the songs outside of delivery. Speak on it. It can, it can make you jaded, you know, Speak like, on it. so, but the, I still have an extreme amount of respect for a lot of the artists that I still listen to, of course, but my respect for songwriters has risen. Yeah. 12,000% this year, for sure. This man gave us bars for auto-reply to kick us off. Um, management. Uh, you know, you would think that it would be me just learning and starting becoming a manager, but time is what I would think, because managing the time okay. has definitely been yeah, that's okay. the need to this. Being so a manager time. requires time management. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Next one I'll say is exposure. What everybody wants, but everyone's not ready for. So, so what was your what would your be your one word for that? Necessary. Got it. Virginia. For life. Always. <laughs> Paragraph. This makes me think of emails. 
Indy. Necessary. Pitch. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) Momentum. Uh, Man, that's a tough one. Um, Exciting when you have it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then last, we'll end it with Ahmad. I talk for a living. I don't have one word for myself. <laughs> uh, man. Uh, strategic. We like that. We like that. That's a, so, that's a perfect segue into our board meeting. Ladies and gentlemen, as we said, we got Ahmad Davis, journalist, manager, publicist, and entrepreneur, my brother. Uh, I, I want to kick this off. You do a lot. Like I said, you, you exemplify stay busy. And I think Nick and I also exemplify and live that stay busy lifestyle. And I can say a few years ago, you know, I never pictured things being this way for myself. I always had the confidence in myself and I knew I would be successful, but I didn't think things would get like, like this. And I'm sure Nick, you know, it feels the exact same way. Now, one thing I really love about you is when you accomplish something, you you show so much grace. Like, like you, you're one of the people who when you do something, it, it, you can tell you're really excited about it. Did you picture things being this way for you years ago? Um, I always had an extreme amount of um, pressure on me, like always growing up. But when you're dealing with pressure from a young age, you know, dealing with different types, whether it's just pressure to um, succeed, pressures to um not sometimes you have to put other things ahead of yourself like dealing with my family and things of that nature so now when I'm working like I've been through so much real stuff to where like I know how to take work and put it here and like real life and put it here and sometimes they do intermingle but for the most part like I know if I give it my all I'm good with that and I can live with the results. And that's something right. that I've been doing and just being genuine has really helped me get extremely far. And I'm blessed to say the least. Yeah, no, that's a fact. That's something that I, you know, I've, I said it in the intro and I continue to say it. Like you are one of the best people I know at building genuine relationships with people, being supportive, literally just networking, just talking, getting to know people. Like a lot of the, the conversations we have sometimes we're just talking to each other like just For sure. getting to know one another. And then through that, well, when you get to know someone and you actually rock with them, you see how dope they are, the opportunities to collaborate come. Um, so for you, you know, I know Quinnell Holder was, was very, very influential in kind of you getting your start and helping you to, to get that, to get to where you are now. So how, how did that relationship come about? Extremely. Oh, man. You know, it's crazy. Two days ago, I was at Cornell's house, me, him, my girlfriend, and his wife, like, we're playing Monopoly. But two years before that, I drove three hours for a 15-minute meetup with him. And when he realized that I drove three hours there, three hours back for such a short amount of connection, that alone was enough for him to respect, like, the idea that I wanted to connect with him. Because Quinnell, just like I'm sure you, Amon, I'm sure you, Nick, people see you 
succeeding. So everybody's looking to get something from you, advice, tidbits, and all that. So I understood that I was a dime a dozen, but I knew that if I showed an extreme amount of interest while still being respectful with it and being genuine, that over time it would make sense and it would pop up and work. And after he realized the effort that I put in, he was like, okay, because psychologically, that's how we are as humans. When you see people do things for you, you feel like you have to do something back. So psychologically, he was like, yo, I got to at least call this dude or something. Like, he just drove that far to come kick it with me. I'm going to give him a call. And we got on the phone. We talked for like two hours. And all he kept saying that always sticks with me was just like, yeah, man, we have aligned vision. So I always know that we'll be straight to get to a goal. It won't be hard because neither one of us are trying to do something different. We have the same goal in mind. And I've realized that all my most beneficial working relationships have been with people with aligned vision. Because when you're able to connect with somebody, two heads is better than one, you know? So I think that um, his mentorship and his like laissez-faire approach with me had really helped me because he let me bump my head. He let me learn from my own mistakes, but he also was very transparent with the things that he did and it helped me along the way. So he didn't just say like, all right, here's the max contract. All right, let's do it. You know, he, I put in time, bro. Like I, I did a lot of things that I would do, say basically things that would have took me a month to make that amount. I have now gotten to a point where I could do it in a day. Wow. You know, at some time. So it was hard at first, but I just, I knew like, you know, the sweat equity part of it I understand that that's important with everything so um, I'm just thankful for the opportunity to work with him and his wife they've always been super supportive and just genuine you know really helping me understand the lifestyle aspect of being a publicist and a journalist you know taking me to these events I'm seeing how he's moving you know with the uh show you how to move in a room full of vultures I guess a real thing you know I know events aren't like a thing right now like I guess clubhouse is the new you know, mixer or whatever. But man, like understanding how to go through an event where there's two people in the room you actually want to talk to and meet, but there's 35 people who want to talk to you and finding that time to kind of manage it and maneuver without seeming rude or leaving a bad taste in anyone's mouth is a skill. And that's something I've learned over years and uh, I wouldn't have been able to learn that without him. So for him to, you know, and champion me as much as he does, uh, is appreciative because I'm sure there's sometimes where he could probably feel like, oh man, like, you know, I kind of helped you do that and you getting all this shine and stuff like that. He's never <laughs> felt like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He's always been the first one to comment if I like have a new exciting venture going on. He's the first yeah. one to, um, you know, send congrats. And I appreciate that for sure. It has definitely helped me a lot. That's what's up. Um, this is kind of a great point for us to move into. I think for a lot of people, they maybe get in theory. And I think that a lot of people get it, obviously, because they work in the industry. I saw one of your tweets the other day, you're saying, just so you know, I love the way you approach tweets. (laughs) He was like, whatever you said, something like, just so you know, marketing, public, MP, uh, public relations are very different things. So I want you to kind of just break it down for the listeners who may not be as familiar with the sort of the nuances between both and sort of, and also as well, how do you approach being a publicist yourself? Like what, how do you approach it? 
for sure. Um, I do want to say that it's perfect that you had Janae on because she was able to speak so much to what marketing really is. And with me, as a publicist, I have to make sure that expectations are set prior to working with someone. Because sometimes if you talk to somebody and ask them what they're looking for and what they're trying to get, most of the time people are explaining digital marketing to me. And they don't understand that that's not what I do. So I have no problem reaching out to the digital marketers that I know and connecting them. But I have to make it clear, like, hey, you know, even with timing, it's like, hey, maybe you don't need a publicist right now. Like, what do you really want to publicize what you're working on? Or do you want to spend that same amount of money pushing it to where it'll be easier to publicize later on? And it'll look better once you do so. Um, To pretty much make it simple, Marketing is marketing is an ad, right? Mm-hmm. Marketing is putting you in front of people with the intent to like a call to action to sell. You know, PR is awareness. Yeah. So when you put out like a PSA, that's more PR standpoint because yeah. uh, let's think about it. Let's make it easy. So Philip Morris is a tobacco company, right? So Philip Morris has to put out PSAs that discuss the harms that cigarettes can cause and what you can do to get help if you feel like you're addicted to tobacco. Right. That is PR work. That's them making sure that they're doing their social responsibility and making sure that people understand that they do know the risk of those. Mm-hmm. And then you might see a commercial where, you know, Tom Cruise is lean back smoking a Marlboro Light. And the, and the call to action is go pick up, a, you know, from the right, nearest gas right, station tomorrow. Like, right. that's marketing. You know, that's advertising. That's pushing, putting money towards a certain goal because mm-hmm. the intent is to get people to sell stuff. If I get my favorite artist a write-up on Revolt, that doesn't help them sell anything, but it does right. help build awareness to what right. their story is and create a narrative around it. Uh, which is extremely important so because important. When, when we speak to this idea of impact and longevity, as you can tell, the most the artists that we love the most and that have had the most longevity do very good with awareness and keeping yes. the awareness there. Exactly. You know, like you can't just throw money at everything and hope that it sticks, you know, because I'm sure Big Sean spent an extreme amount of money on Detroit, too. And well, Def Jam's been an extreme amount of money on Detroit too. And sometimes the Justin Bieber album might not need as much marketing money. It just needs the publicity money. So, okay, let's get you to go on, you know, and talk to Zane Lowe about marriage and how your family has changed and mm-hmm. this, this and that and the third. Like, that's just as important as the, you know, social media ad I'll see in between my story about your album dropping. So uh, definitely the, I mean, paid versus earned, if you want to be, you know, the um, definition, it's just what you pay for to, and that, you know, it'll be seen. And then what you earn based on the idea that you're trying to build awareness. So how do like, I think it was myself, you know, as an artist who's trying to decide for my next project or next things that I have coming out. And you said an interesting point, like maybe you don't even need publicity right now. Maybe you need marketing kind of, and obviously that's a case by case thing. So I don't want to, you know, ask you to say, well, what should you do? Cause you need yeah. to know where each person is at. But for an mm-hmm. artist who's kind of like has a solid product, who's starting to just try to create awareness. 
I think oftentimes that like, I think artists mistake going marketing route when they need really just publicity and just need to get interviews, need to get people to talk about them, need some placements mm-hmm. on playlists. So like, how do you advise artists when you, when they come to you sort of saying, Hey, I need to get my music out there. I need help. Like, you know, wh- what are your sort of uh, approaches to that? Uh, man, it's definitely case by case, like you said. So I've definitely had plenty of conversations this year where artists will have in with extreme respect has like 20 plays total, right? Or two monthly listeners on Spotify. You don't need to worry about press at the moment because if your YouTube video that you spent $500 on, on the low end, if you didn't put $100 into making advertising on it and ads on it, you can't expect ROI from awareness, you know? So if you have a story that's interesting and you have a story that's around what you're doing, that's when you need a publicist because you want people to become aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it because that's what publicity can do. Marketing can't tell people why you're doing what you're doing. It can only show you what you have. Um, But like for artists like you, Nick, with, your track record it definitely would make sense to get a publicist maybe at this point because you've understand what it is to do ads and you know understand what it is to do everything else so if you have a clear understanding what the difference between the two are i think it's pretty easy to make the decision right 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 right. i appreciate that i I think that's it's often a battle to think about you know because when you're doing everything by yourself you're saying well where do i put this budget that i you know that you know you when you're trying to make sure that every dollar counts you mm-hmm. want to know like i put all this time and effort into making this product now i'd be doing myself a disservice if i didn't if i don't get it out there and sure. so how do i go about that and i think that's very daunting for a lot of artists because there's a lot of great artists that i know that just have bad publicity there's a lot of terrible yeah. artists that have great publicity yeah. and so yeah. You know, I think it, in a lot of ways, publicity is the X factor that a lot of For people sure. don't talk about. And uh, I think it's, it's just so significant for people to educate themselves about the differences, but also sort of the pathways to procuring that sort of assistance and ha- people having conversations about, you know, being able to give you a conversation about your story or, you know, yeah. helping you build that conversation. And I think what is tough for some people they it's hard for them to understand what makes them unique right and what makes them more like what would make somebody more inclined to listen to you opposed to someone else and when you have a story behind you and you know the things about you that you do you feel like better than anyone else or that you've came from a more relatable background that just helps you know so it, it helps a person like me be able to tell a story because you know, if you're a songwriter for 10 years and then you drop your first song and if people knew that you wrote for, you know, a lot of their favorite artists, they'd be a lot more inclined to listen to you. To hear what and you that's, got, what a publicist, yeah. that's what a publicist would be able to do for you. Right. So, Ahmad, you've, you have a unique experience seeing multiple sides of, you know, music through, through your publicity work, your PR work, but also as a journalist co-founding Kazi Magazine. And, you know, you and I both, we were really influential in helping Kazi get off the ground. Um, you were clearly the face of that, that, that uh, platform at this point. Um, there's just no, no, no denying that. But um, what's, how has being a journalist writing, you know, kind of, working with artists to kind of be more visible, but then also 
telling artist stories? How has, well, what's that experience been like for you? Honestly, I, I write because I'm extremely passionate about writing, but I also use it as practice, you know, because if you can see 20 people's like top tier artists press release and you can see 20 of these top tier artists, how their publicists interact with you, you can learn new things, you know? And also I can see what these artists think based on how they interact with me in the interview. So then it helps me know what to tell the artists I work with to maybe stay away from or what to do more of because I've had interviews that might not have been with the biggest of artists, but they were extremely beneficial for me because they were able to give more than other artists would do. Exactly. Uh, Keylock is one of my favorite artists, but the interview to me sucked because he said like 10 words the whole time. Yeah. But me as a journalist, you know, I tried to do as best as I could to tell the story, but I understand that I like, the more open you are, like I, I appreciated my blast interview, my Queen Naja interview, because people like, they were so interested in telling their story. Some people just aren't as articulate as like others, but it's not that they're not articulate, it's just they don't know how to expand on things that would make them more unique. And that's something the publicist can help you with also and should help you with also. Yeah. What, what, what would you say was the, cause you, you've like, like we named, you interviewed some, some, some heavy hitters uh, in the last year, year and a half. So what was the, what was the most insightful conversation that you had? Man. Blast was a really insightful interview because you can sense humility, you know, on some people. So, you know, to hear him say like, you know, my goal this year is to buy a house. Like, most people probably be like, oh, you're, what do you mean? You're son, you're this and this. Like, you don't have a house, you don't have three houses. But then when I hear the deluxe come out, now he's talking about how he's on Zillow all the time and now he's about to lock in house. So you see the progression in the honesty in the music. And then Queen Naja talking about how, you know, just shortly, a couple of years ago, she had a nine to five and was extremely sure that that was what she was going to do for the rest of her life and how music was always a passion, but she never knew if she was gonna be able to pursue it in the way that she has now. So to have a number one album after that, like, it was crazy to me, you know? So those two, I learned a hell of a lot, but I've also learned a lot from maybe some of my peers who I've given interviews to. Like, I remember Armand, I probably, I read a lot of your stuff, but when you did um, Tatiana, like, reading through that it just seemed like you were able to get so many gems from someone who many people wouldn't know outside of her circle was capable of providing so many gems and i think that you got it was such a mutually beneficial thing because i learned a lot from it and i'm sure that you learned a lot from her but you also were able to provide her a platform to tell these things to people that are not as aware of her as possible so i think if it's done right, journalism, and especially with interviews, can be such a mutually beneficial and just amazing thing for everyone because the archives, you know, like five years from now, if Blast is like Drake level, I'll be able to come back and be like, yo, look at this. I mean, Armand did Pusha T cover, like, 
that's crazy. Like that's a Virginia legend, but it, if you're not from here, you might not realize how important it is, you know, to do it. And it's not just a Virginia legend, it's just a legend in general. So we, I think, I just tried not to take the opportunities that I've had for granted because I have to do them so consistently and I have to deliver so consistently, but I definitely take time. Like I got the cover blown up of my queen, Naja one, you know, like I'll go out to dinner the days that my covers come out and like celebrate myself because I don't ever want to lose sight of the fact that like these people could stop, you know, replying to emails. These people could stop being interested in the, in the, um, Kazi as a whole, you know, with new, with new growth and new levels, like new problems persist, but it's, I'll never lose sight of wishing that I could interview a quarter of the people that we interviewed this year. So I'm just excited for the growth. So man, now I kind of want to go into sort of a transition. It makes sense. I think given you are a multi-hyphenate individual, um, you know, as a journalist, that makes sense. As a publicist, that makes sense. And definitely as a manager now as well. Um, Labelhead, all that, all the stuff. But I think the common thread in all of those is an advocate. I think mm-hmm. it seems as if that, that sort of be something that's very important to you to, to advocate and tell the right stories to be genuine. Obviously, you're a very genuine person. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, as a journalist, you got to advocate to tell the right story. You want to get the right story out of the person so you can portray them in the best light. You want to advocate for the, your clients when you're publicizing and telling their story. And so now I want to talk, I want you to talk a little bit more about like advocating for an artist as a manager. I'm sure that's a very simple thing, given your contacts, given your relationship, but more so the, the, the science behind, you know, pushing an artist and what that sort of takes as an individual to, to get behind someone else's vision and help them realize their vision. So how is being a manager, how does it start for an artist who's just starting out? That's an amazing question. Uh, I always, I never consider myself a creative. I understand that when I'm writing, that there's a creative aspect that go into it. But what, <laughs> I just, I don't know. Like I, but I consider myself somebody who has creative ways to help creatives. So I feel like now, just always growing up, I always felt like my life was a dream. Right. Like I feel like growing up, you know, of course, I've had tough times in my life, but Mm -hmm. some dreams are bad. But at the end of the day, like I've never went without and I've never not felt love from everyone. And when I got to college, I started to meet more people that that wasn't a common thread. So then I became even more invested in making sure that I don't care how your day went when you interact with me you're gonna feel like somebody cared about what you were talking about and you're gonna feel like someone cares what you have going on you know and that wants the best for you and once moving through life a lot of times a lot of people that I was just yo how was your day are you good yo man I see you post about your mom two weeks ago like you know that she was in the hospital like is she straight now and people, wow. when they when they find that commonality and you find a commonality in their life and something yeah. that people think just flies by night, but you show that you're invested in it, yeah. it it's like, 
I just realized how much it means to people. But I didn't know that everyone wasn't like that because my mother and my father and my grandma, they all made sure that they were super invested in me. So right. I didn't know that people didn't feel that same amount of love. So that's just how I kind of just interact with people. And I've realized that being able to do that uh, made me an easier person to want to be around. And a lot of people in the space that I'm in aren't the people that you would invite to your house for dinner, you know, or, or not even the people that you would want to go to the bar with. So I pride myself on being someone that people want to hang out with in real life and not just talk to on the internet. Right. No, I appreciate that. That, that That's, that, that makes a lot of sense. Given from what I know about you, the conversations we had, um, that, that makes a lot of sense, you know, that giving and being an advocate starts from sort of like what your experience was um, mm-hmm. and knowing and sort of having the self-awareness to be able to say that people are not, whatever they're going through, I'm going to make sure that I'm not that part of their day that's going to be a negative you know light or anything like that and so i i see how that translates so well and for the career path that you've chosen as your as a multi-hyphenate brother so <laughs> yeah <laughs> I love for it. sure I love it. of course like i'd love for kazi to become autopilot you know where i can just manage the logistical things like i want it to be yo here goes five artists that we can consider for the um cover this month who do you guys think and be able to pick and choose and I'm realistic enough to understand that we're just not there yet. But as soon as we get there, I'll, it will be another weight off my shoulder. But I'm yeah. sure it, with the way I am, I'll find another weight to put there. But Same for time, now, man. yeah, I'm just excited to keep with the growth. I mean, for Queen Nyjah's story to be posted on her gram and do over like 100,000 likes and, you know, hundreds of thousands of impressions mm-hmm. on like the different social media platforms lets me know that like this like that's huge you know like there are people who don't know anything about the magazine that became extremely aware of it based on just one person being generous enough to show the same love that we showed while giving them the interview so right like you know you just pray for those type of moments consistently but you also just have to realize that like everything's not going to hit the same way i've done some interviews where i've had to repurpose them like i interviewed 4-2 doug before we paid came out but best believe when that started going viral i was tweeting like yo just interview 4-2 doug check it out (laughs) (laughs) you know what i'm saying just added the video for we paid at the bottom (laughs) like it was like you have to do that sometimes but you have to um the same way i tell artists to not do with their music like if you spent four weeks making it, why did you spend one week promoting it? That's not fair. Come on, come on, you know what I'm saying? You should spend at least double the time it took you to make it to promote it. Cause yeah. for it's it's bold and very like just ridiculous to believe that if you post something one time that every single person that follows you and cares about what you talk about seeing it. The algorithms you know? don't love you that much. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not at all. Like God forbid I had nothing to hide with the relationship, but that post is done crazier than I've like ever, right? But I don't post about my relationship all the time. So there might be people following me who like, oh man, he's gonna post about black love all day. Like, <laughs> no, like you better get these articles though. Like I don't like <laughs> <laughs> You better get these chance you better get these articles and I'll post a picture of my amazing looking girlfriend every so often when she'll allow me to, but it's like you have to understand that that one time 
that was the algorithm showing my picture to everyone that follows me. So why does that never happen outside of them? Like, you just got to pick and choose. You got to keep the hidden. Shooting until you move. Like, you say, like, I go viral every time I tweet. Like, I've now, of course, gotten to a point where I'm like, okay, people kind of pick up on these type of things. And I'm not, like, when I'm tweeting and saying, like, oh, this one's going to hit. But, like, simple stuff, like how I space them out. Like, I might put the first line and I space it again with the second line. That's just a break from the monotony of the timeline. So if everybody's just writing regular um, paragraphs and then they see mine where it's spaced, your eye's gonna go there. And then, okay, three or four- Yeah, it's calculated. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm just learning that. You know? I just was like, okay. So then now when I, every time you see a Kazi tweet, it's gonna look like that. Cause I've learned that that works, you know? And that's what any musician that, or any creative in general is trying to push this stuff, figure out what works for you and your audience and give them what they want. Thankfully, a lot of my audience, I know, you know, like I really have sat the time and talked to them about certain things. So I know what just about all of them are interested in. So I understand the things that I can do to make sure that they engage with what I have going on. But not everybody has that luxury, but I mean, not everybody's going to talk to just anybody who follows them, you know, or anybody that they meet in, in, in life. So, yeah, my brother. So to finish um, something that we like to ask a lot of people. Um, and I'm just curious because, man, you did PR for what? It was the number one song in the world, the, 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 the country. Oh, man, <laughs> man, man. You begin free yeah. stuff sent to you all the time. Like, just everybody loves a mod. So it's like, you know, and again, because you're so, so humble and so gracious and everything you accomplish, what is left for you to accomplish? What is something that you're still hungry to, to achieve? Yeah, first off, I'm definitely... Um, I'm regretful that I didn't bring that up. AO and Keys, for sure. Uh, them allowing me to help them tell their story with them and their label was definitely a life-changing experience. Yeah. You know, of course, I wouldn't play WAP for my mom at the highest <laughs> value. But, you know, AO and Keys both come from very biblical backgrounds also. So it's it's crazy that that song is going so crazy for the them. One, but if you yeah. buy your... If you buy your mama bins, you know, I'm sure she'll put the Bible down for a second, you know, but it, it was, that was life changing. But for me, what's left, man, I just want to tell everybody's story. Like, I, when I mean it, I want everyone else's dream to come true because my life has already been a dream. And like, I'm excited to see that anybody who's comfortable enough telling me their dream and telling me what they're passionate about, I'm going to pay you that respect back by doing my best to help you get there. And that's just how I feel about it. Uh, and I don't care if it's not me who's able to do it. Like I'm gonna put you in a position to get in touch with the person that, you know, is gonna do it. I, I like being able to help people get to where they wanna go because if everyone's happy, then I think a lot of the other negative things that go on in the world wouldn't continue to persist. So, yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Ahmad Davis, bars. Get these articles. You're going to get these articles. You're going to get the black love. You're going to get the tweets. You're going to get the spicy yeah. takes. Because this man be a little spicy on the timeline, too. Not a little. You know? Ahmad, he's <laughs> low-key spicy. Caliente. I'm like, dang, Ahmad. <laughs> yeah, all right. So I, I, just, I just put one up yesterday, which, you know what happens, though? 
I'm very like everyone. I think it was Benjamin Franklin that said only certain people um, are supposed to. Um, he was advocating for only the quote unquote elites at the time to participate in politics because he felt like um, normal human beings or non elites emotions are too fleeting. So because of that, it would make just, you know, small things make them choose somebody to hold a high ranking position without the necessary education behind it, which he may have been right, you know, because we make a lot of decisions based on fleeting emotions. But that's how I am with music. And Twitter is so easy to just post something. If I listen to confessions, this is what happened. I was listening to confessions. I was like, only two people that could beat Usher and the verses are dead. And I meant it. So when I said that, I was just like, yo, that's kind of crazy to say, but I felt it. And you know, and I, and that's how most of my tweets come about. I feel something. <laughs> I try to put thought into it. I have no problem deleting the tweet. I'm a king. I'll just say I tweeted it, I'll delete it. So, but if if it's something like that, I'll stand by it. And I, I would now thinking about it more, there is probably a person that can compete with Tim, but I don't think they do live streams in prison. Um, yeah, so that's it. That's the only person that can compete. Yeah. That's the yeah. only People person. He me. who shall not be named is the only person that can compete with Usher in a versus. Somebody Thank told you. me, a lot of people say Chris Brown. Absolutely not. I, I've done the battle. I've, I've done it. No, Chris Brown is not doing it. I'm sorry. I've 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 done the verses. It's it's not going to happen for Chris Brown. All right. What about the the Queen? Beyonce. Yeah. Some people said that also. Mm, that's she 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 have, she would have a better chance than Chris, but I don't think they I don't think it equates to Beyonce. What's what 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 what's Beyonce playing when Usher plays you? You got a bet. What's what's Beyonce playing when Usher plays Burn? What's Beyonce playing when Usher plays Nice and Slow? Like. She would have records. Oh, yeah. Like, she would have pockets, though. Yeah, those are definitely pockets. She could take I it think, to like irreplaceable, but I don't, irreplaceable not hitting the way you got a bad hit. Like, well, what well, different? Then again, pockets. you got to consider her her hive, it, it would hit more than you got a bad. But for us, yeah. you know, our sponsor, different pockets. Yeah. Definitely different pockets. I don't think we should put Beyonce up against anyone. <laughs> I don't, there's like five people where there's no verses that makes sense. Pharrell, Kanye. Producing verses. Drake. Drake. Uh, there's no, yeah. There's, there's, there's no, no Wayne. There's no Wayne verses. Like, who do you yeah. put Wayne up against? Just certain people are in their own lane. That's what I said yeah. when it first came up back in what was that, May or June, when we were speaking mm-hmm. on it. Uh, the only way Usher can do a versus, other than with He Who Shall Not Be Named, who is probably his best competition for one, yeah. is he'd have to go outside of his community, out of the community. Justin and even then, yeah. even then, it's really not a comparison. Yeah, he's still cooking. So it's, there's only one person. We're not, obviously, that's not going to happen. So why are we doing it? Leave it alone. And it's not Chris Brown. Stop. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where that comes from. I don't know. Like, is he going to do a backflip? Is that someone who's an R and B singer who dances people, and is an amazing entertainer? They're both once in a generation entertainers. Yeah, but Fact. different generation. Fact. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm from Virginia. It's just not real. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> like, but do, do Virginia really jack him like that? Yeah. Okay. 
respect for him, respect for Trey. Um, obviously Pharrell, Timberland, pressure, but like I think especially early on, Virginia was super like behind him. I, he's just he's been famous for so long. So he's been in LA for so long. Right. So, right, right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Ahmad Davis. I'm an amazing conversation. Bulletin board, we ain't got nothing for y'all. Stay inside, wear your mask, wash your hands. We had an amazing time, as always, in the busy verse. We thank Ahmad for being patient with us as, as we got him on the show. God's plan, God's timing, bro. That's right. I, 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 can't, I can't stress enough. I have so many good things to say about you. I'm thankful for everything you've done for me in my career. Ahmad is a huge reason that I spoke to Pusha T back in June. Ahmad is, wow. Ahmad is really like looked out for me and taken an, an investment in my talent. And he, he's honestly encouraged me to keep keep getting better because, you know, it's like if, if, if someone sees what you could do and then and they believe in it, then you don't want to disappoint them. You, you don't want to let them down. You being lazy is disrespectful to the people who, who, who believe in you. That's a quote that I really right. try to live by. Right. Um, so thank you to Ahmad for joining us. Thank you for the energy and the positivity that you bring to the music industry. We look forward to how you're going to end 2020. I'm sure you got something up your sleeve. And 2021 is going to be even bigger and better for you. No Wi-Fi music group. Young Shad, we can't wait to hear what's next. We can't wait for Nick to drop his project. Yeah, I'm still pressing you, bro. We're we still pressing you, bro. We ready for that. I sent, I sent Amada a mix way back when. It wasn't even a mix. It was a draft. Mm-hmm. That song is even better now. So okay, Ooh. yeah, I need that. I need. We that. ready. We ready. Wait. Love that. Well, I, go, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say first off, super thankful. This is awesome as always, as I knew it was gonna be. And yes, I was waiting. But if we would have did it, <laughs> if we would have did it early, I mean, then WAP didn't come out. Then my like list of things that I've helped out with wouldn't have been as good. But um, happy holidays, guys. And I'm appreciative of both of you. Podcast, journalistic work, music. You guys are, I'm, I always admire consistency from anything in anybody's yeah. field. So for you guys to put in a whole year doing something in a time where so many of us pick up hobbies and drop them, you guys made it a job. And you guys are staying busy. So I appreciate you guys. And I look forward to you, the three-year reunion. Hopefully I there can you go. that. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Happy yes, for sir. You guys. Yes, sir. My God. Well, for Ahmad Davis, one of the greatest people in the world, for my, for my co-host, one of the greatest R&B singers, powerhouse vocalist, and for the boy, the greatest Uber driver, UPS box <laughs> mover, one of the best writers in the game. I'm, I'm jacking it. You know the vibes. It's a stay busy. So we want y'all to wear your mask, wash your hands, sanitize, moisturize. But most importantly, stay safe. Stay humble. Stay busy. See y'all later. Baby girl, baby girl, how you feeling? I've been out in the world, staying busy. Taking time, getting right if you miss me. Got the slides, I'm the size, I'm the size, running down, running down. No, we hold it down.